This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Craig, you watch a ton of tape. Uh, you watch a lot of these stars games. You know, you show your, your kids, the, you know, the mistakes and the pros and the cons. So I ask you, Coach. What are some of the things that you'd like to see the stars improve on after the all-star break? Uh, the thing that concerns me, I think of late is how we're giving up goals near the end of the game. You know, they, they have a goal lead, a two goal lead and other teams are climbing back in and, and that it just seems like it's late. Like the, the last, well, who was the last game that we played against? We were up by Washington, two goals, right? Yeah. And, two, two goals and two goals. <clears throat> It just seems like that's getting more frequent. And I don't even know if it's more frequent. I, what my concern is that, you know, and the, uh, the positive thing is they find ways of, you know, winning in the overtime yes. or the shootout, whatever it may be. So, but there is no shootout and there is no, that, that's not happening when you get, there's no three on three when you get to game 83. So uh, my concern is, is heading, you know, down, down to when the playoffs start, is that they're they're closing games out the right way, and and they're you know all these little, but again it's it's the way they play, so I I, I don't I don't want to see that bleed over in into the playoffs because regardless who you're going to play in the first round, it's not going to be easy, you know. So uh, <clears throat> there there's a there's a lot of good teams. Um, there's a lot of possibilities of who you're going to meet. Uh, you know what I mean? When, when you start getting to that time of the year and you better have everything marked off and, and get back to when, when you're getting to the 10 minute mark and you have a lead of the third period that other teams are like, we're in trouble. We're in trouble because we can't, you know, the, the, these guys don't crack. And, and so, um, that, that's my biggest concern. If I have a concern, I mean, they're, they're a top five team in almost everything right and so it's just the way that some of these goals have gone in and back to your original point um how you started this whole thing is those kind of circumstances happen and and in my opinion they don't need to happen at times and and so that just tightening that part of the game up and getting a little bit more um dialed in in coverage and and not exchanging chances um you know, late in games when you're in the playoffs. I, I know every game's important, but these like next 10 to 12 coming out of the all-star break, I think we'll say a lot about this team at Sabres at Maple Leafs at Canadians home for the hurricanes who are playing much better home uh, away at the predators who are in the wild card race and then home for the Oilers and then at Bruins at Rangers. That's a, a lot of good teams in there. Well, I look at that first week, Buffalo and Montreal. You're gonna you're gonna take those two. That's me. The, the tough ones, even even though Toronto isn't playing the way they probably want to be playing, but Toronto's always a tough team. Tough team. So, yeah. but the good news is there may be a little uh, 
all-star break hangover going on there yet, you know, because they're having all the festivities. It's going to be, they're going to put on a great show in Toronto and you get kind of caught up with that. Uh, the, the teams that I worry about is Carolina, obviously Edmonton, Boston, New York, Carolina again, and then you finish off with three teams. Islanders can be tough to play against mm -hmm. Islanders, Colorado, Winnipeg. And yeah. you know, it's weird. It, Winnipeg's been at the top of the league and top of the conference and for so long. And I just, I don't think that they're going to be um, going deep in the playoffs. I don't know why I feel that way. Um, they've got a great, their goaltenders playing excellent. They've got great chemistry on that team, all these things. So, you know, I, I just think that when you're, when you're getting back to the first round, there's going to be some really good teams that are, that are not in the, you know, that are going to be knocked out in the first round. And, yeah. and you, you, like I said, you better, you better be dialed in. And, um, the last 10 to 15 games of the year, you need to be playing airtight hockey. And, and there, we know that they can score goals. We know that their power play is good. Their penalty killing has been good. Um, I mean, pretty much everything. It's just that, that goal and that, uh, that whether, whether you want to say it, it's a save that should be made or it, it's, it's a coverage um, or it's a, a, a two on one. It again, you know, the old saying is <sighs> offense will win you games, but defense wins you championships. And, and so you have to, you know, you have to be, you have to be dialed in. I mean, you look at the, look at the Bruins, uh, you know, from a year ago, they set a record, you won what 60 plus games, whatever it was. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they were up, uh, what were they up three games to one or something like that in the first round and, and Florida comes in and yes, you know, their goaltender starts playing really well all of a sudden and, and their Boston wasn't, you know, they were tight games and next thing you know, the favorites out. So a lot of strange things happen in the playoffs. And like I said, this year, um, the, the way things stack up in the West, I mean, Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, Vancouver, everybody's saying, well, I don't know if Vancouver, it's going to last because, you know, they got the highest shooting percentage in the league and they got the best goals against in the league. Um, those are two pretty good and important categories. Like most teams don't have that. Their shooting percentage is crazy. So, but they're like, ah, that's not that's not gonna last. Been hearing this for two months. It's not gonna last. Maybe they got some really good shooters, you know. So it, it may last. And they don't need thirty five shots a game. Carolina gets thirty five to forty shots a game. You know, they don't score like Vancouver does. So anyway, you got Vancouver, Vegas, defending Stanley Cup, Edmonton. Who's what is it? Are they at sixteen or seventeen now? I don't know where they're at, but but. They're right now, after as bad as they were, then they fire the coach and then Knobloch comes in and all this other stuff goes on there. And look at what they're doing. So they might even be the favorite and they're not even really even locked into a, into a spot yet. So, yeah. um, and I wouldn't count LA out LA. I, I, they've just been brutal for the last two months, but they're, they got off to such a good start. Um, but there's some good teams in, in the West that you've got to go through. And, and then, you know, so um, and that's all you really have to worry about. I mean, I, I, the good news is if you got to worry, worry about a team from the East, because that probably means you're in the finals. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, and, and on the Vancouver, you can worry front, about that when it happens. Craig, the reason I like Vancouver, Quinn Hughes, Ronick, second pairing, Ian Cole, uh, Tyler Myers, 
uh, Nikita Zadorov and Noah Juleson. I love those pairings. I think they did a great job sharing up their defense. And by the way, they have Thatcher Demko, one of the top goalies in the league this year. So that's what I love about Vancouver. I just I, on the back end, I think they're really, really good. Well, they got a good. They've got a good t- goaltender, obviously. Yeah, and they've got a defenseman that's probably going to win the Norris Trophy. Yep. And then what you've got up front, you know, Peterson, Besser, Miller. Yeah. I mean, it's and they're all going off this year. Right. So, and and then your general manager comes out and adds a piece, and he give, gave up a lot. Yep. You know, from what I understand, I don't know any of the young kids. I, I know lot. that uh, one of the defensemen is supposed to be pretty good, but I love it because it's like, listen, we're close. Mm-hmm. We're that close that because you don't. Again, you've heard it before. There's 32 teams in the league, and so what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to, you know, on average, you're going to win a cup once every 32 years. Yeah, that's the way. You know, that's the way. I don't know why they say that, but, but so when you get this close, then you pull the trigger and you take your shot, and goes right back to what you said is we were we were close and and Bob saw that where we were and he's been you know winning Stanley Cups his whole career and he learned a lot from you know the people that were running that organization and knew when they added and when they didn't add and when they had to sit there and when they had to say nope we're not we're not there yet and then when you go yeah we're we're there and whether we're going to get depth or we're going to go pull the trigger on another piece so um you know and they like i said the the Kuzmenko kid is you know good but i think he's wishy-washy at times yeah it's a big contract um, you know, too. so but but again, um, that's what I love about what Vancouver did, and yeah. I just think that um, I, I think a lot of people felt that they were going to run out of some steam as the season was going along, and they haven't done that. So you're past that mark where you you kind of are what you are. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to Rick Tockett too. I mean, yep. You know, I, I probably couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, I mean, seriously, awesome. just the way his demeanor, <clears throat> the way when he was doing TNT, and I love guys that you know, speak from experience and I'm not, I'm talking about guys that have played a long time, um, been a power forward, uh, tough guy, score goals, but also a team guy. And, yeah. and when, when talk talks to his players, I'm assuming that there's, there's a different level of respect and a different level of, of attention. Um, regardless if you're 20 years old and you know, you haven't, you didn't get to see him play in person, but, but you know, of them and you, all you have to do is, you know, go to the, uh, what do you call it? YouTube and all the other kind of stuff, and they can learn who he is. Yeah, and I, but, you know, I hate um, to see like a so. that's like an organization like Arizona, Craig, where they go through a talk, oh, they geez. go through a Dave Tippett, and it's like, guys, like I understand your building and stuff, but man, those so are I'm some lobbying pretty good for coaches. them to play out of Farmers Branch, our alumni room. <laughs> I mean, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good one. All right, so. Speaking of which, glad you get to relax this weekend. However, any all-star break memories? And, I mean, it didn't take an all-star break for you. If if there was enough time in between the playoffs, which you've told, you'll get on the, the, the Vinny jet and head down to Mexico to party with Metallica and Pantera. So any all-star memories that you are willing to share as far as great breaks, we saw a lot of the stars players down in Mexico playing some golf. And that was a really, really cool to, thing to say that even during a break, they're hanging out with each other, which means they like each other. So 
what about you? Oh, they probably involve uh, a captain of the Dallas Stars and his partner. Um, so Darian Hatcher and Richard Matvichuk. And uh, we went up to my hometown up in Wisconsin, did a little snowmobiling. Um, trying to tell them where not to go on the lakes and down the little rivers. And next thing I know, they're they're walking through the door and both their sleds had, were sitting four feet in water and from the knees down, they were frozen solid. Their pants and boots were, they were, they went down a little, a little channel, a little crick in one of the lakes and they sunk the sleds that I got them and uh, they were at the bottom and then got that all taken care of. And we rode out late night to one place and not a good place, but we rode out there. It was a fun place. And next thing I know, one of my buddies is bumping into some other snowmobile meathead and they all run in packs up there and so we ended up on the top of the steps we were outnumbered and <laughs> so and so thank god we had a hatch with us i i just remember one guy i could see it coming because hatch was facing me and some guy walked up from behind him and when you're up there in the winter and you're riding you know you're always wearing you still got your stuff on because you kind of make a stop and move on to the next place but you always got your helmets and everything with you and all i could see is this big white helmet coming over the top and it had you right in the back of the head right on top of the head oh. and you could hear it the helmet had to crack that's that didn't even blink you could just see smoke coming out of his ears and and then it was on so um <clears throat> it usually i think i think we had a couple guys that came back with black eyes after the all-star break <laughs> and, and tried to hide it and stuff like that. So it didn't take long for Ganey to figure it out. So but, how, you know, when that it, happens, so. Craig, like, is, is it so far out there that like police aren't called or? Just oh yeah. Time? It's, it, this is, this is not a, it's a very popular place, but it's out way out in the wood. It's kind of like Porky's. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And, <laughs> That's um, a great reference. you know, you're kind of way out there in the bush yeah. and, uh, you know, with, when it's snowing, it's hard to get there by cars. It, it, it is part of the snowmobile trails up there, which it should be. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a, it's like a size of a shoebox, but you got 50, 60 snowmobilers in there, um, all guys. So you can imagine what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, yeah, it's I mean, it's kind of that it's not no longer open, shut down a couple of years ago, but uh, should have been shut down 15, 20 years ago. But, um, but anyway, um, yeah, we've, and then, you know, then eventually Maddie bought a house next to me up in Wisconsin. And so that, that story continued. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, there's more incidents like that. I was never a guy that I, I would usually go home. I, I think there may have been one time I went, I don't even know if there was one time I went to warm weather. I it was mostly going home and, um, going riding, going snowmobiling. So, um, and, and I, there was one year I had a couple of guys from the, the Islanders went up there uh with me and um it was same kind of things happen so <laughs> that, you know boys will be boys so you have experience pulling a cup out of the deep end of a pool what's heavier that or how do you get a snowmobile out of a creek uh you need a lot of friends and you need a winch and you need a couple of vehicles that can pull it from land so wow. it was just a <clears throat> We were, I, I live on uh, up north. It, it's a chain of 28 lakes. And so they're all connected and there's a little bridge, a boat lift things you go over. But, but anyway, but you have all these little other little channel things that you can go down. They, and it really runs into it runs into the river. So it's not part of the 28 lake. It is, but it, boats don't go down there. And the last thing I said, is I said, 
they're tr- and our trails run across the lakes. <clears throat> so I said, just right on where it's marked. You don't need to go down the little side. And so the two idiots didn't take them long to, to, to veer off. And, um, you know, they were just riding around and they saw this little channel and or like I said, it's just like small little tiny river. It's probably only about five feet wide and, but no, no other, you, no snowmobile tracks. So nobody else is going down there, but <laughs> you know, Christopher Columbus and his buddy, they were off discovering and they went down and, um, like I said, it wasn't, <clears throat> they were up to their knees in water. So, uh, when they got off and finally got out and they couldn't get sleds out and they were probably, if they, as they had to walk back to, to where I was living, it might've been a 20 minute walk, maybe whether, I don't even know if they found a road or they came through the, through the, through the trees and stuff like that. But they're, they were frozen solid from the knees down their pants and their boots and everything were frozen. So solid. Hitchcock doesn't sit you down after the game before the, you know, when you guys are about to go on break and say, all right, boys need you to come back in one piece. No one get into trouble. Mm, no, we're adults. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> you definitely don't have to do that today. You know, like I said, it, it was a little different then. And yeah. Um, and the guys that were running the teams and coaching the teams were those kind of guys when they played, you know, so it, they're not going to no, regardless of what they're going to say, you're going to go do what you do. You know, you can, and you can say, I told them, you know, I, I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah. And, and so, <clears throat> You know, everybody comes back and relatively healthy and, um, you know, and then you got a couple of days to get ready. So um, I don't even know what Dallas has when they get back. Like, what do they have a day or two uh, before yeah, their first game? I think most Tuesday. teams do. I think I think it's mandatory. You have to. Yeah. A uh, day or two before you come back. And yeah. Yeah. Get a couple of practices in, try to get the poison out and a couple of bags. But again, that <laughs> I say that and that's not the way it is anymore. So, you know, these guys, I think that's the last thing that coaches worry about now, which was the first thing that coaches worried about when, when we had days off, what are they going to be doing? What's going to happen to them? Am I going to read about them in the papers or, you know, who am I getting a call from? Right. I believe that today's player, um, and, and you know, and the coaches and the organizations and things like that, that is the last thing that you have to worry about. As I say that we know that there's what five young players from 2018 that are in a little bit of hot water from the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. So when we talked to Bob Basson earlier in this week, you can hear that interview as well as rich Peverly, which was a terrific interview. Those are up on uh, spits and suds podcast. So Bob was giving a story where, because I was watching this YouTube video of Bob going at it with Shane Churla. And I'm like, how did this happen? You know, big. And basically he was saying that he was up against the boards and the scrum was happening. And all of a sudden, he was just getting cross-checked constantly behind. And so he turned around, and basically before he knew it, he was going at it with Churla. And that made me think, i got to ask Craig, is there someone, was it like a Clark Gillies or someone, where you didn't know and you turn around and you said, here we go, and then all of a sudden you thought in your head, what am I doing? Well, no, as a matter of fact, as you bring up Clarky, um, I was uh, it was my first year, I built, first or second year in Montreal. And we were playing um, on the island in New York uh, against the Islanders. <clears throat> and I was running around a little bit and hit a couple guys. And there was a whistle in front of our net. And Clarky came up. And Clark Gillies, God rest him, he, he super nice human being, right? Big, big man. Yes. Did, did a lot of huge things. And um, he just kind of came up to me and he, he lined up next to me. And, you know, I was in front of the net, lined up for a face off. And he just kind of stood there. And he looked at me and he goes, um, 
running around a little bit. And I just looked at him and I, you know, obviously I know his reputation. And I said, ah, uh, and he goes, uh, well, you want to get your feet wet? I was like, nope. <laughs> I just kind of backed <laughs> off a little bit further off the face off. So he was asking me to, you know, drop him right there. And I'm like, nah, not winning this one. So, uh, oh, that's great. So I didn't, I didn't have any appetite to, uh, <clears throat> jump in there as a 21 year old against a guy that just got done winning four Stanley cups and basically just runs people over with freight trains. So, so the running stop for the rest of the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I, I actually, what it's okay. It, it basically saying you're running into the wrong guys. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the time when you don't, you don't run in, you know, to, to the skilled guys. It, it's okay. The, you know, the bottom six guys, the bottom two dot bottom four, you know, defensemen that, that was roles. And that was the game. Then it was just like, Hey, uh, don't be, don't be running into this guy, you know, yeah. don't be so, you know, but, but then things always change when the playoffs come around. So, but, but anyway, yeah. And as a young kid, I, you know, I was a little antsy and wanted to, you know, get involved a little bit and, <clears throat> you know, you kind of want to make your mark, but you also want to be able to stay in the lineup and go, you know, that kid knows what he's supposed to do. Right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, and I was talking you know, to him about the, the art of being the agitator and, you know, if your team's not doing well, you know, a nice scrum in front of the net gets the crowd into it. And, you know, then all well, of a sudden. Well, now, again, you're talking about Bash. Like, Bash, I, I may have told you this before. <clears throat> so, Bobby Bobby is this little tornado out there, right? And he, even even in our Bensley, and Bass and I are never on the same team. Like, tomorrow, we're gonna, we'll are gonna play again tomorrow. Now, Bass has been on the IR for a little bit, so yeah. I don't know if he's back. He's not back. So, I, I don't know if it was his back or there, shoulder or something back. like that. But anyway. So even in the alumni game, Bobby's always out there chopping you and hacking you on the hand. And, you know, sometimes we only know one way to play. So anyway, you know, Bass can get pissed off. <laughs> so you can stick him as he's going back up the ice. You can hook him and grab his belly where there's no pads and kind of give him a little tug. And, you know, he'll have a little line there in the morning and stuff like that. And he'll turn around and hack you. So <clears throat> I, I, I listen, I started calling him like this little Tasmanian devil. Because that's the way he comes off. And he's not a big guy. You know that. But he plays. He might be 180 pounds. He's probably lighter than that now. Um, but he plays like he's 210. You know, and God bless him. I've asked Bass to come out with our guys and show him how to take face-offs and things like that. And But but Bass knew how he had to play to stay in the league, like 80% of us. And so I'm sitting there going, Bass, you're a little Tasmanian devil. So about – a year ago, two years ago. And I, when I was playing ball, there was a bunch of us. Anyway, I have a tattoo and, and I have a tattoo oddly of a Tasmanian devil with a mug of beer in one hand and a, and a baseball bat in the other. And I started thinking, Oh my God, I have Bob Bassett tattooed on my hip. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I told Bass, I said, I'm walking around now with you on my hip every day. I never thought of that. And I, I had to stop, stop calling him. I'm going to stop calling him little Tasmanian devil. Cause that's the way he plays. <laughs> Very similar, kind of like uh, old school, like Ken the Rat Linsman. Yeah, well, no, yeah, but not that bad. Okay. Kenny was just <clears throat> Kenny could skate. Like he he had this speed yeah. skating kind of stride, and and he always he'd always play with his stick down. Bass does too, but not like Kenny. Kenny would literally play with his stick at at chess level all the time with the blade, just pointing at everybody. You know, he wasn't afraid to stick you in the face and, um, but he was a little rad bat. That's more bass is more honest about it. You know, you know, Bobby's going to come and play a hard game and, and he's going to, you know, he's going to hit you. He's not going to stop. 
He he just he plays a hundred percent every shift. Faceoffs. He, he determined not to lose a faceoff. He plays the right way. He's a huge role model for so many players, so many young kids, I should say. Um, but anyway, that's just the way he plays. Linsman kind of wanted he wanted to start shit all the time. You know, he was that guy. He looked for it. Yeah, I mean that's why I love today's Yanni Gordon. I know sometimes he goes over the line, but I mean I just. I love the fact that, you know, if his team's not playing well, he'll he'll try to start something. Yeah. Gain, gain momentum. Yeah, those are called shift disturbers. Yeah, they, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Well, you're a beast, my friend. I hope you enjoy Saturday night. Everyone go see Craig Ludwig and the Dallas Stars alumni take on SMU. Hopefully there is a college crowd because – I got to love you. I, I mean, I got to admit, I love going to college hockey games. The party atmosphere, uh, that's terrific. I might go down there, Craig, and enjoy a little Frosty myself. So, Oh, then you're welcome to come in the alumni room after, and I'll have somebody carry you to your car. <laughs> I don't know. Am I allowed down there? Of oh, course. All right. It's, I, we can let in whoever we want. You know what I'm looking at? You know, I got to tell you something. I'm sitting right over here looking at a four-wheel truck that one of my kids must used to have and it's a tasmanian devil truck wow and it says taz on the side of it oh my god i gotta give this to bass (laughs) he might need it with his injuries to get around (laughs) yeah i know actually he might fit in it too (laughs) (laughs) yes he was he was not the biggest in stature that's correct All right, my friend. He's a two-time Stanley Cup winner, one of the great storytellers. That's why we love having him. He's Craig Ludwig, and thank you one and all for listening to Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.